My name is Tyler Johnson. I am one of the pastors here, and I really appreciate leadership. And there's a leadership book that was written almost 20 years ago, in 2001, by a man named Jim Collins, and the book is called Good to Great. And in Good to Great, Jim Collins does all this research to talk about the five leaps that companies make to move from being good to being great. And the third leap has incredible relevance to Resurrection Sunday. The third leap is this. The third leap, Jim Collins says, is an ability to confront the brutal reality of your present situation and not lose hope. Now, if you actually read that quote and you are actually following along, my sense is there's all kinds of you who your present situations are coming at you. And most of you in the midst of these present situations, or as certainly a lot of you would say, there's a brutal reality to my present situation. But the key, Jim Collins says, for companies to move from being good to great is an ability to confront that brutal reality of our present situation and not lose hope. The key word is hope. Jim Collins actually got this quote from Admiral James Stockton. Admiral James Stockton was an eight-year prisoner of war in Vietnam. Now slow down for a minute and just think about that. That's a brutal reality. His present situation for eight years was as a prisoner of war. Admiral James Stockton says that there were all kinds of other prisoners of war around him who ended up dying of a broken heart because fundamentally they were optimists. And he begins to contrast hope and optimism. This was a group of people who would say, we're going to be out by Christmas. They began to put their beliefs and their expectations in the changing of their circumstances. We're going to be out by Christmas. Christmas came and Christmas went and they weren't out. We're going to be out by Easter. Easter came and Easter went and they weren't out. We're going to be out by Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving came and Thanksgiving went and they weren't out. We're gonna be out by the next Christmas. The next Christmas came, and it went, and they were not out. Admiral Stockton says the problem with these people were, was that they were optimists. But he, in fact, had the ability to stare directly at his present situation, not stick his head in the sand and act like the present situation didn't exist, not put his fingers in his ears like dumb and dumber, la, 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 not that. But actually to look at the brutal situation that he was in, look at it realistically, but face it because of hope. Optimism, in fact, doesn't let us do that, and yet optimism is around us all the time. Just this week, I had an email hit my inbox from Tim Ferriss. I don't know how many of you guys know who Tim Ferriss is, but Tim Ferriss was doing an interview. He's written this book, uh, The 4-Hour Work Week, The 4-Hour Chef, and Tools of Titans and all of this. And he was doing this interview with a woman named Amanda Palmer, who's a musician and a playwright. And as he gets into her life, she makes this statement, I'm just so fundamentally optimistic. And I barrel forth in life with this attitude that everything is going to be absolutely fine and go my way. Everything 
is going to be absolutely fine and it's going to go my way. The power of positive thinking. The problem with that is if you're a parent who has a child that turns out in ways that you didn't want them to turn out. They have an incurable condition or that you're in a marriage that you never expected would be this hard and this dark. Or you're now 50 years old and you've never gotten the job that you ultimately want. Or you're 30 years old and now the reality of your dreams are never going to ultimately be seen and or accomplished. The reality that you put money away your entire life and yet in a moment it can be gone. And the situations could be worse and could be worse than that. Optimism doesn't do it. Admiral James Stockton said these people around him ended up dying with broken hearts. And the author of the Proverbs in chapter 13 says, A hope deferred makes the heart sick. An optimist heart gets sick because they become brokenhearted when what they believe their circumstances would turn out like don't ultimately turn out like that. And so in the end, they hide or they run away or they stick their fingers in the ear. And this is the reality of so many men in midlife crises, so many crotchety old people in their old age, is life gave them the raw end of the stick. Fundamentally, they're disappointed because they were optimists. Optimist turns Negative in that it can lead to a broken heart. Like the author of the Proverbs said, a heart deferred makes the heart sick. It can lead to a broken heart and not just that, it can lead to a selfish heart. Voltaire was a philosopher who didn't like optimism and actually believed that so much of the church, Christians, were in fact just mere optimists. And so at the end of the day, he says, you know what you should do is just retire to a very nice place and cultivate your own garden. And this was a dig. Voltaire was attacking at the biblical faith because God, in fact, calls human beings to cultivate the earth, not just our own gardens. God calls us to have our eyes outward, to love our neighbors as ourselves, but a heart a hope deferred, making the heart sick, leads to a broken heart and a selfish heart. It says, I'll just cultivate my own garden and I won't care about everybody else around me. And that's a tragedy because God says in 1 Corinthians 13, this amazing chapter, he says, at the end of the day, the three greatest things are faith, hope, and love. And when an optimist doesn't get our way, we lose faith, we lose hope, and we ultimately can't love. Now, there's another man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Christian in the midst of World War II, a German Christian who had an opportunity to come to New York City and teach as a professor. He got here and he began to teach in 1939. And in the midst of his teaching, all the tumultuous environments and events that were happening in Germany began to escalate. And Bonhoeffer had something different. He didn't look at it like an optimist to say, thank God I got out of there. He actually got on transportation and moved back to Germany. He entered into the midst of the mess 
And in 1941, he was asked to come back to the United States and speak. And it says, when you read about Bonhoeffer's life, that when he came back to speak in the United States, he was appalled by American optimism. He was sickened by it. They didn't want to pay attention to the war. They had their head in the ground. They were not focused on reality. And Bonhoeffer says this, wise people condemn optimism. Wise people condemn optimism. Bonhoeffer returns to Germany after this speaking event. He joins a plot to overthrow Hitler. He's arrested and taken to the Flossenburg concentration camp. On April 7th, 1945, it's Easter. April 7th, 1945, it's Easter. And Bonhoeffer sits down with his Bible and he opens to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Bonhoeffer reads this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a praise. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. As he sits in a concentration camp, like the song we just sang, night was holding on to him, but he knew God was holding on to him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Not a dead hope. Not a pie-in-the-sky hope. A relevant hope. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Through what? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Bonhoeffer knew that this living hope that he had been given by being born again into this living hope doesn't assume that everything will work out the best in this life. But it knows, it doesn't wish, it knows it will all work out in the next life. Because Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Because the darkness of this life, the brutal reality of this life is what the Bible calls sin. The reality of the world out there being horrific is there because of sin. The reality of you not being who you know you want to be. The reality of you doing the things you don't want to do and not doing the things you want to do is because of sin. That's the brutal reality. And yet the sin that taints, sickens, distorts, destroys the world is the same sin that taints, sickens, and destroys us. In all of that, God sent his son into the world because he loved the world. He put his sin on a criminal's cross to take upon himself all of the darkness, all of the sickness, all of the stain, all of the sin of the world, and he was crucified and dead. Yesterday is called Silent Saturday because Jesus was, in fact, dead. Bonhoeffer read those words on April 7th. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of the dead on April 7th. April 8th, he was condemned to die. The next morning, he was hung. Four days later, the concentration camp was liberated. Four days later, and yet he died with a living hope. 
Jesus Christ, too, was hung on a cross. When he died, his disciples were like, this is not the way it was supposed to go. And so they go on to their life, just get busy again. And they begin to fish. I don't know if they were optimists. But I know when Jesus rose from the dead, something changed within them. And it has an ability to change within us as well. Because there's a reality of a living hope that allows us to stare at the brutal reality of our conditions, our suffering. And the Apostle Paul says specifically that this hope, when you have it, this living hope, enables you to not just look at your suffering, but to rejoice in your suffering. Romans 5, 5. He says, but even more than this, we can rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint. Now let me ask you this question to everybody in this room, regardless of where you are on your journey of faith. If you've encountered circumstances in your life, whether they're coming from within you or outside of you, and you are really disappointed, might I submit you look at the fact, are you more of an optimist than you are one who's fundamentally putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who says to yourself, I can rejoice in my suffering, knowing that it ultimately ends in a hope that one day, the end of the story, which is what Admiral James Stockdale put his hope in, he said it was in the end of the story, that I know the way this ends is that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and the promise of the world everlasting forever and ever is that Jesus is victorious and that those of us who've been born again by faith in him can live now with the promise that even if we die, having never attained all that we wanted this life to be, there is a promise of another life because of what God has done with his son Jesus Christ in putting him on a cross, dying our death dying for our sin, and then erupting him out of the grave. He says, you can have this hope. You can be born again now into this hope, which is this is the call. The question is, where have you placed your belief? Is it in the changing of your circumstances? Is it, is it even ultimately in the changing of you, or is it in Christ? Because Christ is a living and an eternal hope. Amen? We're going to sing right now, and we're going to sing about this hope. And I'm going to pray that even in the words that we sing, this promise of a reality, that death cannot hold us. For those of us who have faith in Jesus Christ, as he was resurrected from the dead, that even in our death, we too will follow him out in his resurrection. That there is a life on the other side of all of this. That even if all of this is dark to the very end. It doesn't end dark. It ends in the light of Christ. Let's stand. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that the work you can do would be done now, even as we sing. I pray that this truth, the reality that the God of the world came into this world, to be the light of the world, to take upon himself the darkness of the world, the darkness of our sin. God, I pray that that reality would stick on us. 
And God, would we would see that the victory lies not in ourselves, not in our ability to change ourselves, not in our ability to change the world, but our hope rests in Jesus Christ and in him alone. And all of God's people said, amen.